Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Is this the nightcap? Yo, this is Patrick. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Nightcap. No! This is Patrick! Time now for the Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. It is the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR flying solo for the next half hour. Got a brief edition of the show tonight. We've got the... Wow, I almost said the Sabres and the Islanders. Where did that come from? I guess I didn't need to say I almost said it, but I did. So whatever. Canadians and Lightning. Game two tonight of the Stanley Cup final. Because the NHL's got to be dumb and take the S off of finals for some reason. Uh, Always been a pet peeve of mine. A series of games. We're going to make it singular. Whatever. 8 o'clock puck drop. 7.30 pregame here on WGR. So stay tuned for that. I don't got a lot to say in the finals. I, I I think this is not the most... I don't think this is going to be one of the most exciting finals we've ever seen. It might be one of the most non-eventful ones we have ever seen. In fact, maybe part of the reason I'm not going to end up watching all of it... I'll watch, of course, a lot of it. But when I'm faced with one or the other, I might go NBA playoffs, even though everybody's hurt. I mean, the NBA playoffs is just a meat grinder right now. I mean, players go out on the court and they limp off. Trey Young, injured foot, missed yesterday's game, game four. Giannis, I mean, it looked like it was going to be worse. It looked like a season-ending knee injury. It still might end up being that, but you find out today that uh, that Intentacumpo only has minor damage, no no structural damage to his knee. So even in no Kawhi Leonard on the L.A. side, even that being said, even throwing out there that, yeah, no superstars in the NBA playoffs are healthy right now. Paul George, Devin Booker is the best you're going to get. Second-level stars. I think I'm still putting that on over the Stanley Cup Finals because there is... In my mind, still intrigue as to who is going to win. I I don't I don't I be, I'm not the only person that thinks this way, but I'm also not in the the majority. I think that Tampa is just gonna run over Montreal. A good story for the Habs. You know, you came back against Toronto. You made that really fun. You made it really fun. I was really happy that happened. Then you ran through Winnipeg. All credit to Montreal. They were unbelievable in that series. And then you did a good job against Vegas. You were outplayed, but you hung in there enough 
to where the hot goalie could put you over the edge. And they beat the Golden Knights. And now they're here against Tampa. I can't get to the point where I think they'll beat Tampa. And I also can't get to the point where I'm rooting for Montreal. That's the thing. It's not a great underdog story to root for. I know they haven't won in my lifetime. They haven't won since the early 90s. I know. I can't root for a team that has 24 Stanley Cups. I I just can't do that. I can't get on board with that. Montreal's always good. You know, they might not be Tampa Bay good. They not be the best team in the league year after year after year like they would have been for decades at a time earlier in the league's history. I but I just can't I can't root for that. You've got enough history. You've won enough. And yes, Tampa just won last year, but I'm going to side with the team that has the perfect roster build. That's a part of it for me, too. Maybe that's why I'm not watching as much, because it doesn't feel great to root for the heavy favorite, who's minus 600 to win this series right now at BetOnline. It's not always that exciting to root for that team. But the Lightning have built their team perfectly. They have the benefit of no state income tax in Florida, which allows them to get guys like Steven Stamkos and Braden Point on contracts that are 30% less than other teams would give them. So they have that working for them. But they nail their draft picks. They, They weren't the Warriors. They weren't the Rangers. They're not this team that's going out in free agency and they're buying your star players. It's not artificial. They did it. They drafted Andre Pallad in the sixth round. They drafted Kucherov in the second round and Braden Point in the in the third round. They're the team that knew exactly when to move on from Ben Bishop and turn the net over to Andre Vasilevsky. They were the team that traded for Ryan McDonough. They didn't buy him in free agency. They traded for him. They gave up a lot. That team is just so perfectly built. I have so much respect for just the the idea of going for speed and skill. That Tampa deserves it more than Mark Bergevin, who pieced together this two-way, slug-it-out type of forward group that's going to trap you into this defensive style of hockey, and we're going to make the games boring. Building around our goaltender. Screw that. I don't want to root for that. I'm never going to root for that. So, go Tampa. I don't want them to become title town necessarily. I know they just won the cup last year. They won the Super Bowl earlier in the year with Tom Brady. And they might be on their way to win yet another Stanley Cup. Three championships in a two-year span. And the Rays almost won the World Series. And they're good again this year. Does Tampa Bay deserve that much sports success? Not in my mind. But... I'm going them over Montreal. By the way, speaking of sports success, I'm getting into the Blue Jays. Is that happening for anybody else? I think a lot of it for me is the fact that they are playing here. It's that they're right nearby. It's the fact that I can go to games. I'm into it. I got into it a little bit last year. I am not a baseball fan. I never really have been a baseball fan, and I don't know if I'll ever foresee myself becoming this hardcore fan, but I am into the Blue Jays right now. I'm into them enough where 
I know who's starting night to night. I don't even know the names because I'm not a baseball fan. Like tonight was tonight is Steven Matz. No clue who that is. But he's starting tonight for the Blue Jays. Justice Sheffield for Seattle. Not a clue. Couldn't tell you. But, man, I'm standings watching. I'm scoreboard watching. This is new for me. I've never done this in baseball ever. I'll watch the playoffs, especially if the Jays would have been in it, because I was always kind of a casual Blue Jays fan. When they were in that series against the Rangers a couple of years ago, they made that deep playoff run where they lost to Cleveland. Like, I was into that. I was into that. That was playoff time, though. Middle of the season like this, I've never felt this way about a baseball team. And I think it's got to be in large part that they are here. But they are good, and they are young. And their record, I mean, they probably aren't getting enough credit right now in the standings. Look at the run differential. They, I mean, they are running, they are obliterating other teams right now. They've won eight of their last nine. They are scoring a ton of runs. Last night, it was nine. Nine to three. Five against Baltimore. Twelve against Baltimore. Five. Nine again. You got a ten in there. A seven. A seven. Like, they are scoring. And when they're beating people, they're crushing them. They're plus 71 in run differential this season. The Yankees, who are only one game back of Toronto, are zero in run differential. Zero. I think if the Jays keep on this pace, I wonder if the city will fall for them. Like, I think a lot of, at least this is the sense I get, I'm not the person to probably ask this and to know this, because I'm not too plugged into the baseball scene here, but I think I am a little bit. I think I am enough to know that this is a Yankees town. It's splintered. You've got your Cleveland fans going back to the days of the the Bisons being their affiliate. You've got your Blue Jays fans, been your casual Blue Jays fans like me, and you got your Red Sox fans. You got Red Sox and Yankees fans everywhere, so you're going to have a little bit of Red Sox fans. But the Yankees, I think, if you're going to go by percentages, they would be number one. I wonder if we're going to fall for the Jays. If they're going to pick up fans that maybe don't have a team. Because one, they're playing here. Two, they're good. And they are exciting. And they score. It's the style of baseball they play. They're putting runs on the board. 396 runs. That's the most in the AL. Again, not a baseball expert, so I don't know if that also has anything to do with Salem Field versus other ballparks, but I'm just looking at the numbers. 396 for the Jays. And I'm standings watching. I'm scoreboard watching. I know right now that they're four games back of a wild card spot. Oakland. And they're four and a half games back of Tampa Bay's wild card spot. I know that they are six and a half games back of Boston. This point in the season, six and a half untenable. Is that you capable of coming back there? I'm not sure. But four games feels pretty good. Four games seems like a possibility. I'm into it. I, I'm watching I, the scoreboard to know Kansas City and Boston are scoreless right now. I think I've adopted the Blue Jays for this season as my team. They were already kind of my team, but I'm all in now. And... I wonder how much of that's going to happen here in Buffalo as the season 
winds to a close or gets closer to, to playoff time if they really are in it. And then, hell, I mean, how exciting would playoff games sound here? There's a long way to go for that to happen. But, man, they could captivate. They could captivate this town, couldn't they? I mean, I'm thinking, you're thinking, we're thinking about the Sabres so much the past couple of days because of Granado's hiring, and he'll be on tomorrow twice, by the way. Granado will be on at 11 o'clock. His press conference, his Zoom call will be aired live on the Instigators. And then at 4 o'clock, Granado's going to be on with Shope and the Bulldog. So we're talking a lot about the Sabres because Granada was hired and because we're getting all these Jack Eichel trade rumors and updates from Darren Dreger and Elliot Friedman and our own guys like Paul and like we're just we're just wanting a team to be good so bad on the ice. So bad. And like yes, the Bills are amazing. The Bills are great, but the Bills only play 16 games a year. Who's filled that void the Sabres have left? The Sabres haven't filled it. The Sabres have left a void that they've been incapable of filling themselves. And I wonder if the Jays can fill that at all. I wonder if they will fill that at all. Or maybe, you know what? Like, I I heard there weren't a ton of fans at the game on Sunday. Maybe it'll just be this thing that's like, oh, cool, the Jays. Or maybe we'll even get sick of it. Maybe we'll be like, oh, but the Toronto, the Blue Jays are still here? I'm sure that'll happen if they kind of fall off a little bit. But... I wonder if there's room for falling in love with the Blue Jays this year. To the point where, hey, maybe I'm leading a couple shows a week about their playoff chase. And about playoff games. I don't know. I don't know if it gets to that point. This is new. This is unique. And I'm very excited to see what happens. Runners on first and third, by the way. The Jays. Bottom of the first inning against the Mariners down at Salem Field. I've got about eight minutes left. I think I left myself just enough time. I wanted to do this to to talk a little bit about Eichel. Because I go back and forth every day. One day, I'm feeling excited and I can't wait for the trade to happen. And other days, I am terrified of it. I'm terrified to find out what the trade's going to be. And sometimes it is dependent on what you hear. And today we had Dreger on the station, Darren Dreger of TSN. And that can kind of determine your mood. But we've already had this vibe building that all these teams that are talking, all these teams we hear connected to Eichel's, to Eichel in the trade market. Columbus, Anaheim, L.A., the Rangers. They don't even have to necessarily be actually negotiating with the Sabres, but it's who the fans talk about. It's who we talk about on the radio. It's who guys are writing about. Those are the teams. No one's out here saying that these teams are being all that aggressive in trying to get Eichel. And you're not hearing someone... It doesn't sound at least from the outside, that anybody's got their best offer on the table. And that's what terrifies me. When you hear these national insiders talk about the Ducks, what do you hear? You hear, well, I don't know that they'd be willing to give up Zegris or Drysdale. When you hear Larry Brooks from the New York Post write about the Rangers, it's, well, Lafreniere's not on the table, and 
probably Capo Caco and Keandre Miller are non-starters. When you hear about L.A., it's, well, one, maybe they're not even in it, and two, well, they wouldn't trade Quentin Byfield. None of these teams seem to be putting their best foot forward to get Eichel. Nobody sounds all that desperate to do it. And I think the Sabres are in a a very curious position in which this is the year there's no mo- there isn't a no movement clause for Eichel. So they can move him anywhere. And a lot of these teams we're talking about are bad. Anaheim stinks. And guess what? If Eichel goes there, man, I'll feel I will feel bad for Eichel if he goes there. I'll feel great for the Sabres if they're able to get, say, the third pick in Zegras. That's still my dream offer. Maybe it's unrealistic at this point that they'll get that. But Zegras in the third pick is whatever is always what I think of for, for an Eichel trade. Let's say they pull that off. Poor Eichel, man. I know like none of us are really wanting to be in a in a in a position to feel bad for him. Because we're just trying to get off, we're trying to get out of the basement. Like we'll do anything for that to happen, right? And this guy has been here for five years, and it hasn't happened. So we don't need to feel bad for Eichel. I'm gonna feel bad for Eichel though, because if he gets traded to Anaheim, Anaheim has got a bunch of guys that are right at the end of their primes. Silverberg is 30 years old. Henrique is 31. Raquel's 28 and has got one year left on his contract. Getzlov is unrestricted free agent. Even if he comes back on a cheap deal, he's 37 years old. Cam Fowler's 29. Josh Manson's 29 and got a year left on his contract. Kevin Shattenkirk is 32. Hampus Lindholm's 27. Year left on his contract, though. All of these guys are, one, in danger of leaving in the next year, or two... They're about to hit the cliff. Guys often fall apart. Their games fall apart when they get into their 30s. And a lot of these Ducks players are entering that territory. So, in two, three years' time, Eichel could be surrounded by a barren wasteland on the Ducks. And again, we don't need to feel bad for him for that, but the Ducks stink. And I don't think Jack Eichel makes them a playoff team let alone this Stanley Cup contender that they might think that they're going to be turned into. Columbus, who has the fifth overall pick. I mean, with Eichel, like maybe they're contending for the playoffs, but they don't become a Stanley Cup contender. L.A. L.A.'s old, and Jonathan Quick, like they've got, man, they've got dead weight all over their roster. And the age is really the bigger point, though, of course, with them. They're not a Stanley Cup contender with Jack Eichel. They're lucky if they're a playoff team. Same thing. So, what's the point? The point is, the Sabres are dealing with all of these teams that, why would they be desperate? Because if you think of it logically, Anaheim, there's an argument to be made they shouldn't want Jack Eichel at all. They should want to tear it down and restart like the Sabres are trying to do. Same thing with Columbus. There's an argument to be made they should tear it down. L.A., I think the Kings are are insane if they don't tear it all down. They've missed the playoffs, what, four of the last five years? Six of the last seven? And they got swept the only time they made it? And they're as old as they are? They've got 37-year-old Dustin Brown on their first line? Drew Doughty's a shell of himself? 
Jonathan Quick can't even get on the ice anymore? They're going to try to add? What, are they crazy? I think some of that exists in that these players, these teams aren't acting all that desperate to get Eichel because they it doesn't really make sense for them to be desperate. The only team you can make that case for is Vegas. And I know we had this r- r- rumor from Lance Lysowski of the Buffalo News today on William Eklund, who sounds like the best idea possible for the Sabres should they get that third pick from Anaheim. If you trade with the teams that might give you their best offer, you're nowhere near picking a guy like him. You're not picking William Eklund. Vegas is the one team that is starting to become more and more popular and being mentioned a lot. We haven't heard anybody necessarily report that they're in on Eichel, but they've got they have a need for a first line center and they are an ultra aggressive organization. They signed Paul Stastny to a big free agent deal. That didn't work. Let's move his salary off and let's go trade for Max Pacioretty. And let's go trade for Mark Stone. That's not enough. Let's go get Alex Petrangelo on a monster free agent contract. Oh, Fleury's having a down year, even though he's the face of our franchise. Let's go trade for Robin Leonard and give him a big contract. Vegas just, they're all in all the time. And you could do one of two things with them. If you can get them to be the aggressive team in this market, because you got to have one. you got to have one, because either you're going to take that team's best offer, or two, you're going to use them as a bargaining chip. Because guess what? Anaheim, if you want to give us your third best offer, well, now you can be outbid by Vegas. So if you, if, hey, Ducks, if you really do want Eichel, you got to give us your best offer. Because if you don't, we'll just go with Vegas. You know? I think the Golden Knights could be key to the Jack Eichel trade market, but we don't know at this point if they're even in it. So all that to be said, because we don't know Vegas is in it, and because Dreger today said, for the the quote was, the Sabres might have to lower their asking price for the for these teams to get involved or to engage was it what he said? And that that sounds that sounds awful. Who wants that right now? Who wants to hear that? That while the Sabres can't move Eichel right now because their asking price is too high. No, someone come meet their asking price. Or you don't trade Eichel. That's kind of the attitude I want to take. But, of course, there's a lot of downside to pushing that trade off. All right, that's going to do it for me tonight. i got to run. We've got the Stanley Cup Final coming up next. Game 2 between Montreal and Tampa Bay. Stay tuned. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.